Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. You are now listening to the Molten Fantasy Sports Podcast. G'day guys and and welcome back to another episode of the Molten Fantasy Sports Podcast, otherwise known as the Nico Hines Non-Owner Support Group. I'm your host, Nathan Brain. I am a non-Nico owner and it was one of the most painful Sundays I think I've ever experienced in NRL Supercoach, not owning Nico, but we'll we'll talk about that and and plenty more. We're going to review all things NRL Supercoach for round four tonight. Post games. Um, guys, you can find me on Twitter, brain underscore FS at the bottom left there if you're watching us on YouTube. Uh, and make sure to also follow us on Molten Fantasy Sports at Molten FS on Twitter and all uh, Facebook and social media. On today's show, guys, we're going to talk about my scores, my pre update scores as they stand tonight. Uh, I've got 1086, so could have been an okay round. Uh, I'm not super upset with it. 1100 would have been nice, but all in all, we'll, uh, we'll push on. Uh, we're also going to talk through all eight games in depth. We're going to talk about all the booms, all the busts and everything in between all the players that are super coach relevant moving forward into round five. Uh, my trade thoughts moving into round five as well. So I've got a a fair bit on my mind. I, I guess we'll talk through in terms of how I want my team to look next week. And uh, we'll do a bit of Q&A. So, guys, anybody wanting to drop a question uh, or a comment on the show, drop it in. Uh, We'll answer all of our Q&A stuff at the end. Any questions you have for next week or anything that happened this week, we'll cover that then. Guys, just before we dive into all the content, make sure to subscribe, make sure to like, follow the page. Uh, If you're listening to us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, Click the follow button and leave us a review. It's the only way that we can reach more people and we'd really appreciate it. And uh, if you want to go the extra mile, tell a mate about uh, about the pod and if we've done any good or if we've given you some advice over the time as well, make sure to uh, tell them about us. So, um, guys, lastly, before we, we dive in, the Unlimited group is on the screen below. So if you're watching us on YouTube or Facebook or, or Twitch or wherever it is that you're consuming the podcast, uh, at the bottom of the screen here when we jump over into the live uh, into the live slides, you're going to see the Unlimited group, which is also the group that you need to be in if you want to win the uh, weekly prize. So this one will close after the end of round five. So make sure, guys, to, to hop into this group 
uh, before the end of next round to make sure that you can go in the running to win the Super Coach Champions Ring at the end of the year and also to uh, uh, hop on their podcast at the end of the season with us. So, guys, before we before we dive into the content, just a shout-out to the Standard Squeeze. I'm going to pour myself a drink right now because I need it after watching Nico Hines absolutely destroy me. Um, so all you need to do with the Standard Squeeze, just this bottle here, you can see it on the screen. You just hold it down. It'll pour the perfect shot for you. You can pop it into a glass or into the 4-in-1 Standard Squeeze bottle. It'll give you the perfect pour every time. It's made of food-grade quality plastic as well. So all you need to do then is just add your mixer to it. If you want it straight, you can do that too. And uh, guys, happy days. Um, quality product is one of those things you never knew that you needed until you actually have it. So um, the mini squeeze as well. So this is just, the I think, the second or the third size um, in the product that they have. So uh, if you want to get the smallest size, you can pop it in your back pocket, go to the footy, have a drink or two or whatever, and don't have to pay 13 bucks for a beer. Uh, no more glass broken bottles and things like that. Uh, you can throw it in the esky when you're going fishing, when you're going uh, camping, when you're going to the beach, whatever it be. So uh, it's it's awesome if you don't want to risk taking a really heavy glass bottle. So uh, go on, have a squeeze at thestandardsqueeze.com. Use the code MOLTON15 to get yourself 15% off at checkout. Also, our Squeeze of the Week winner. So if you tuned in on Sunday night, you would have noticed our Squeeze of the Week winner. It's uh, the highest scorer in our unlimited group. So all you need to do is make sure that you're in our unlimited group. 451840 is the code. 451840. Uh, And if you're in that group and you get the highest score for round four, you win yourself a combo pack courtesy of the standard squeeze. So definitely get involved with those guys. Uh, or if you, you know, you're not too sure whether you're going to win this season, go on and use the code and, and get yourself 15% off at checkout as well. All right. Like I mentioned, 1083 for me could have, uh, hopefully it's going to be 1100 um, when we update overnight. Fingers crossed. I need every single point I can get this week. Um, but guys, let's move into the slides. We'll put together some slides for you just to make sure it's a little bit easier to watch. Um, but let's move into the game one. Thursday, the Eels versus the Panthers. So as you can see on the screen, if you're watching us on YouTube or Twitch or Facebook, uh, you'll be able to see all of the scores from all of the games here. We'll talk about our booms and our busts and everybody in between that's super coach relevant as well. So guys, as you can see, Zach Hosking had a massive game for Penrith Panthers, obviously with Liam Martin, ending up uh, out of the side really late uh, on the Thursday night. Zach Hosting came in on the right edge to replace him and had an absolute banger of a game, played 80 minutes, uh, and then obviously he scored 117 as well. So he had a great game, quality footballer as well. I think he's been knocking down the door at the Penrith Panthers for a very long time now. So it's good to see him make his way into the squad and also just get some time and, and show what he's capable of. So full props to Zach Hosking. And and honestly, Luke Garner is in some serious trouble here if if he wants to retain that left edge position there on the Penrith Panthers squad. So uh, Hosking very well earned 117. Other booms for this game, Dylan Edwards, 82. Isaiah Yo 82. Uh, Jermaine Hopgood, everybody's saviour, who's going to continue to make some really good cash. He probably could make about 90K this week. Uh, so he finished with a 77. Nathan Cleary also finished with a 77. 
I vice captain Nathan Cleary. Wish I probably did the loop now, considering um, it probably would have been well off for me. Uh, and then obviously we've got Nathan Madison as well with this. Uh, sorry, Ryan Madison. Good from me uh, with a seventy-four. So um, Ryan Madison, someone that's on my uh, checklist as well. He's on. He's someone that I'm watching very closely, and uh, I think honestly you could probably even be pretty comfortable going early on him next week, knowing that he's going to get not only 80 minutes, but uh, a, a fair bit of workload through not only the the right edge, but uh, through the middle as well. It looked like it, it's hard to know though, obviously with Jermaine Hopgood having a bit of a spell due to a HIA, we're not quite sure um, what's going to happen there and what that rotation truly looks like because of Hopgood's HIA. So it's probably worth another look just to see whether Madison does actually have a spell and Hopgood stays in the middle or whether Hopgood comes off and Madison moves to the middle because on the weekend, Madison moved to the middle because of Hopgood's HIA. So we'll see how that plays out. Um, guys, also uh, on the on the flip side of things, in a parallel universe, we've got all the busts. Unfortunately, Sonny Luke ended up with a HIA, so he didn't return. He only ended up with nine super coach points. Uh, I think he only ended up playing about five minutes, which is really disappointing. Uh, Lukey Garner... He, uh, he got 22, and like I mentioned at the start, there's a big concern around what his minutes look like moving forward. I, I, I honestly see Zach Hosking probably playing a little bit of a part now in, in what that looks like moving forward for the Penrith Panthers. So keep an eye on that next week. But I'd say if you've got if you still have Garner, he's a sell this week. Josh Hodgson, uh, 25, and we were talking about this in the preseason. We knew this wouldn't last. Um, unfortunately, Josh Hodgson now with Brendan Hands coming off the bench for the Parramatta Eels. Josh Hodgson's minutes are now limited, and his PPM was pretty much dog shit before he even started this season. So um, 25 is probably a true indication of what you're going to get from him moving forward. So I, I would definitely be bailing on Josh Hodgson if you have him, uh, or I'd be trying to find someone on the waiver wire if you have him in draft. Lastly, Dylan Brown. A lot of people moved on Dylan Brown pretty early, and he finished with a 47. He was on 38 at halftime and only ended up getting, I think it was about eight or nine points in the second half, which is really disappointing for Dylan Brown owners, for those of you that got him in this week, for Adam Dewey. Um, he's still going to be a very popular option, though. Don't get me wrong moving forward. He's going to be one of the most bought guys in round six uh, when the Parramatta play the West Tigers. The West Tigers are looking dreadful, so uh, I'd be more than happy to go and get Dylan Brown that week. It's just more a question of you, you've got to basically look at this and go, do I want to get Dylan Brown a week early uh, and and make sure that I don't lose any more cash from Adam Dewey? Because I can guarantee his break-even is going to be monstrous next week as well with his 50. Um, so he will drop more cash. Dylan Brown just covered his break-even. Um, so he'll probably be looking at about a 60 break-even next week based on calculations. So uh, he probably won't be making too much cash, but do you want to lose any more cash with Dewey will be the question. Um, other talking points in this game, Bryce Cartwright, he becomes probably the best point of difference cheapy in the competition this year. Um, so when we say point of difference cheapy, everybody was going with the obvious ones, your Alamotis, your Campereras, your uh, William Warbricks, all of these obvious guys, Schusters, et cetera, that did a really good job and, and are obvious at basement price. And obviously Cartwright came in at the last minute into contention with, with Matt Dory. So people had a decision to make whether they wanted to go to Matt Dory or whether they wanted to go to Bryce Cartwright. And, and a lot of people took Dory considering that Lane is that left edge on Parramatta and they weren't sure when he was coming back. And uh, it looks like Cardi has won that position 
Um, so and, and obviously with Madison coming back on the right edge, until Lane's back, Cardi's got that left edge. So full credit to Cardi. He's done a great job there. And um, he's going to continue to make you cash until Sean Lane comes back. And it looks like it's probably going to be within the next probably two to four weeks. So um, if you started with Cardi, you're probably going to make a good 200K from him. So well done to everybody who started with Bryce Cartwright. Other talking points, uh, Brian Toto and Siona Taruva uh, have done an incredible job when it comes to base stats. Both of them scoring. So we're 57 for Toto and 50 for Taruva, all in base. They kicked a Taruva all night the Parramatta Eels. Um, I think it's worth noting that Mitchell Moses broke the record for kick meters in a game the other night on Thursday night. So uh, yeah, kicking down to River's throat all night and he had to do all the hard work out of his ends. So definitely worth noting there that uh, I think Taruva did an incredible job. And if you have Taruva, I wouldn't be looking at selling him. I wouldn't be panicking. Uh, Penrith will come good eventually. It's been a pretty slow start and teams are working them out. But uh, I'd, I'd be holding to River because there's some cash to be made there with him. Um, Matty Dory scored 31, as you can see on the screen there. 31 isn't panic stations for me, especially when he had a negative break even. So I'll hold on to Matt Dory another week. He probably will have a low teens break even again this week. So even if he starts off the bench, he's not going to lose your cash. So you can probably play a little bit more aggressive for those of you that have cash in the bank this week as well. The last thing I think worth mentioning on this Thursday Eels versus Panthers game is the hooker split between the Panthers, uh, Mitch Kenny and Sonny Luke. Some big concerns there, I guess, for both owners. If you if you started with Mitch Kenny, you've probably bailed in him by now for one of the more primo options. Uh, so he only got 38 this week. And Sonny Luke only ended up with nine with his HIA. Now, keep in mind, Mitch Kenny played 83 minutes. I think it was uh, this week and got 38. So there's not much creativity. I can basically say that there is zero attacking stats in this game for Mitch Kenny or in his game whatsoever, depending on, doesn't even matter who he plays. Um, so big concerns there with Mitch Kenny. Um, but unfortunately, it looks like coaching staff over at the Panthers are backing Mitch Kenny and are really liking what he's doing on defense for the Panthers. Uh, unfortunately, they're probably not looking at their attack too much because he's doing absolutely nothing for them there. So very disappointing, but... We will move on to the first Friday game, the Melbourne Storm versus the West Tigers. 24-12, the score was in favor of the Storm. Uh, the booms here, Elias Katoa, 96. He upgraded very nicely, about 20 points um, over the last day or so when they did the upgrades today. John Bateman also with 95. Uh, owners that stuck with William Warbrick were repaid with his 88. Cameron Munster, 78, obviously, with uh, his first game back. We know what Cam Munster can do, so that's just not a surprise for me at all, that one. Um, Josh King, 75. He got a nice little upgrade as well. Uh, base stat beast, Josh King. And Nick Meaney with the 71 for anybody who went center wing pod with Nick Meaney. So some plenty of good options from this game. I think the Storm went pretty close to scoring the most super coach points this weekend out of any team as well. So very good team to target moving forward, knowing that they're going to have some pretty favorable matchups over the next probably two months leading into origin. The busts. Now, Harry Grant finished with a 44. He was my captain this week, and I'm absolutely shattered about it, to be honest. Um, the bloke scores 80, 90, 100 plus all year. And then I go, all right, I need to get him in. And unfortunately, Harry Grant finishes with 44. I think he was my third lowest scoring player in my whole squad this week at 834K, I think it is. Uh, so what a week to pick Harry Grant over the guy that I'm sure we'll talk about a ton at the end of tonight. Um, 
it's almost like a bit of Voldemort, Nico Hines. Uh, he shall not be named for everybody who didn't start with Nico. But uh, yeah, so be it. You've you've got to cop that one on the chin if you if you ended up fading him. Um, and basically the rest of the busts all center around the outside backs at the Tigers. They're all terrible. Dane Laurie got four off the bench. Naden got hooked for 16. Wakeham got 26. Charlie Staines, 28. Uh, Tupo, 45. He was decent, but again, you're not looking for 45s if you're picking super coach players. So, uh, very disappointing. Uh, and then the last three busts, I'm going to put Luke Brooks in here three times because he absolutely stunk it up for the Tigers. And as a Tigers supporter, I cannot wait until he's out of this team. It, it does my head in every single week, the amount of errors, the amount of bomb tries. We are the worst team in the red zone in the whole competition. We get into the opposition 20 more often than not most games and cannot convert due to the fact that Luke Brooks makes really poor reads and really poor decisions on offense, throws intercepts. Uh, makes errors, runs the wrong lines. Uh, Luke Brooks needs to be dropped from the West Tigers and it needs to happen this week. Otherwise, I'm sure that there's going to be a lot more West Tigers fans absolutely rampaging off the back of him being named next week. So I think there's some extra changes that need to be made and it's no coincidence that I think Brooks has won, I think it's less than 10 games out of his last 55 from memory. So uh, there's no coincidence there that changes need to be made. But... Um, I guess a few guys to mention in the mid-range of this game. Christian Welch only got 45 minutes, so that's an improve on his 33 minutes that he got last week. Um, so he finished with a 55. He got a nice little upgrade there at the end, which is great for Welch owners. I'm one of them. Uh, so Christian Welch, 55, pretty solid PPM as well. You know what you're going to get with him, meat and potatoes kind of player. Better 1.2 PPM for Christian Welch. So uh, for anybody who sold him panicking about the fact that he only scored 25 last week, are probably kicking themselves knowing that they're going to get, yeah, you know what you're going to get from him. And I'm more than happy to plug and play 55 points per game into my front row at this point in time, knowing that's a bit of a weaker position this year in an RL Supercoach. Um, Jonah Pezzett scored 64 and looked incredibly good. Um, obviously with Jerome Hughes out the next two weeks, I think Jonah Pezzett's going to get an extra game, which means he's going to get himself a price rise. So uh, if you, I mean, there's not a very, very small amount of people here that that went with Jonah Pezzett, but if you did, you're going to get rewarded with a bit of extra cash and then you can move him on to whoever it needs to be. I might even, I mean, if you're a Pezzett owner, I'd probably even just hold him knowing that when Munster goes to origin, you're probably going to get maybe an extra four games out of him through that origin period. Uh, maybe even more depending on what Munster looks like through origin and how gassed he is as well and how much of a rest they want to give him. So uh, Pezzett will get some games through origin. So it might even be worth you just leaving him on the bench if you've got enough coverage and um, just get a few extra pay uh, price rises out of him. Um, Bateman 95, we mentioned him earlier. Now, John Bateman's going to miss a bit of time in this, uh, in this uh, I suppose, at the early part of the season. So John Bateman obviously has come in. Um, and he, he slotted straight into this team and he played 80 minutes uh, for the Tigers in the middle and edge. Um, now, unfortunately, with John Bateman, he's going to miss some time. I, th- I think Tim Sheens mentioned in the press conference that he probably shouldn't have gone back out in the second half, but he really wanted to help his team win. Let's be honest, that's pretty poor coaching, uh, pretty poor game management from Tim Sheens and the coaching staff, Robbie Farrow, Benji Marshall, all those guys, because you've got a player, one of your best players and one of your marquee players that you brought across from overseas. And you're down at the half against a quality team away from home. You're getting John Bateman off the, you're getting him off the field 
because you need him throughout the rest of the year. How many weeks is he going to miss now, unfortunately, because of this? Because he's gone out, swallowed his pride, and, and had a crack, which full credit to John Bateman, don't get me wrong. But I think that's really poor game management from the Tigers to let an injured guy go out um, and, and try and win his team the game when they're playing like dog shit. So very disappointing. Um, but, guys, that is basically the summary for Melbourne Storm versus the Tigers. Let's move to the second game here. We've got the Dolphins versus the Broncos, the big uh, Brisbane showdown that's been talked about all week. Uh, the Broncos get up 18-12 against the Dolphins. Um, as This was actually a really good game to watch. Jared Wallace, 89 super coach points. Reese Walsh, for everybody that brought him in and sold Tedesco, they were rewarded this week with an 84. So he's going to make, I'd probably argue, close to 100 grand this week. Um, which is exactly why a lot of owners bought him. But obviously the points are, are an amazing bonus. We know that Suncorp games for the Broncos over the next few weeks are going to be quality. Payne Haas gets himself a 74. You get exactly what you paid for from him. A lot of people went from Cotter up to Payne Haas. Um, so well done to you. Selwyn Cobbo gets himself a 73. You got a bit of a downgrade there, unfortunately. And uh, Hamiso Tabuai Fado gets a 60 for the owners that went early to him. So well done to all the Hammer owners there. We'll get another nice price rise and probably get another one after this next week, depending on how he goes. I think the Dolphins play the Dragons next week. So you should be very happy with that one. Um, You'll probably get some more money out of Hammer unless you're looking to upgrade him early this week, which I also wouldn't argue against. Um, The busts in this game, Broncos versus Dolphins. Unfortunately, as good as the Broncos played, the two halves uh, scored pretty poorly, and Adam Reynolds got 27, Ezra Mam 29. Uh, unfortunately, those guys didn't really heavily get involved, um, so a bit of downside there if you went early on, or if you went to Mam as a bit of a pod, uh, or if you went to Reynolds instead of Nico Hines, you'd probably be kicking yourself right now. So, um, But that's super coach. Unfortunately for Sean O'Sullivan, it looks like he's suffered a torn pectoral, so uh, unfortunately he's going to miss some time. He's probably going to miss anywhere between 8 to 12 weeks. As a minimum, uh, I think it was said three months. So, yeah, that's a that's a pretty brutal injury. Uh, any pec tendon kind of tear is going to be a significant amount of time out and some surgery. So, uh, all the best for Sean Sullivan moving forward, or Sean O'Sullivan moving forward. Hopefully, he has a quick recovery. And then Anthony Milford obviously came into this team, and, and there's been some question marks about his fitness level. He's got a 32 under his belt in his first game back. I'd, I'd call that a bust, personally. You probably want more from somebody like Milford, but again, he's starting to regress. Um, so a bit disappointing, but um, guys, some other, I guess, talking points, Connolly Lemuelu, if you went and got him, uh, he's probably going to, well, we know he's going to get an extra three weeks with uh, Finn Diesel, Felice Kafusi out for the Dolphins. So um, I think if you went Lemuelu a, a couple of weeks ago, you're absolutely cheering right now. He is a great option moving forward, especially because he's in the center wing and he's playing in the second row. So essentially, yes, he's not a jewel in super coach, but you're getting a forward that you can play in the center wing that's got incredibly good base stats and some really good attacking upside. So Lemuelu is going to be a really good option moving forward. Oh, we've got 58, sorry, not 60. Um, he's uh, he's going to be someone we need to watch in the coming weeks. And obviously he's got that eight or nine, I think it was, in round two in his rolling average. So we can probably uh, we'll probably keep an eye on what his break even looks like next week, but he could be someone that you go to next week as a little bit of a cash grab or a downgrade in your center wings, uh, and then you'll be able to upgrade elsewhere as well. Um, Walsh is going to go to seven hundred k 
I think I think the reality is that anybody who went to Reese Walsh, I think it was about 540k or, or whatever we bought him for, he's probably going to end up at 700k within the next three weeks. Now, with with obviously his amazing scores, he's got a couple of hundreds or 190, and now he's got an 84. So he's going to have a couple of good rolling averages, uh, and, and he's going to have a couple of low break even weeks in the next two weeks. So you're still going to continue to make some good cash from him, and you'll probably see some negative break evens in the in the next couple of weeks as well. So he's just going to step on the field and make you some coins. So um, if you went Reese Walsh last week, you'd be stoked. If you didn't, there's probably an argument that you could still pick him up this week, Reese Walsh and still make a couple of weeks worth of cash before you then upgrade him to a Latrell Mitch, a fallen Latrell Mitchell or a fallen Teddy again or whoever it be. So definitely worth looking at how Walsh goes over the next couple of weeks. Um, Payne Haas, like I mentioned at the start, you got exactly what you paid for with him. 74 in your front row in a very kind of weak position. Um, this year in NRL Supercoach, I think is quality. You can absolutely plug and play a 74 every single week. So you'd be stoked with that. Uh, Tommy Gilbert fell a little bit short this week. Uh, a lot of people got Tom Gilbert in this week uh, for Ruben Cotter when he was named out for this week, thinking that they were going to get a nice, easy price rise. And you probably you get an extra 20K out of Gilbert this week, but you're wanting the 60 that you're expecting from him based on his 67 average this year. So you'd be pretty disappointed with Tom Gilbert getting 45. Um, I guess the jewel kind of makes up for it, having that flexibility uh, front row, second row. Uh, so keep an eye on that. But yeah, Tom Gilbert, a little bit disappointing this week. Um, Hamiso continues to just fall on the ball in the goal. Uh, I, I think he scored five tries this year in the first four rounds, and I think three of them have been off kicks and one of them has been off an error in the in goal. So and it, he just continues to fall on balls. He continues to be in the right spot. And honestly, if you continue to pick up guys that are in the right spot, you can't complain. It's just one of those things, I think, unfortunately, where if you faded him and you thought, uh, look, I'm not a big fan of Hammer. Um, it, it's continuing to kind of kick in the balls right now, unfortunately, by not picking him. Uh, I bit the bullet on the price rise week to just grab him in. So I'm pretty happy with how he's going, but I'm definitely looking at moving him on in the next week or two, uh, depending on how he goes. Probably next week I'll hold uh, because they are versing the Dragons and based on what the Sharks did to them tonight, the, dra- uh, the Dolphins could honestly put some points on them. Uh, so I might hold him for next week, just knowing that there's plenty of upside in Hammer. But yeah, we'll we'll see how we go next week. Um, if you've still got Stags in your team, Katoni Stags, he finished with a 65. He continues to get some junk points at the end of games as well. So I think that's the second time this year that Katoni Stags has ended up getting a try in the last five minutes of the game. So full credit to Stags owners who held him. He'll get you a 65. Unfortunately, I mean, he gets a 65, but it was also a full full length try, full field try. And, uh, yeah, saved. Uh, he probably would have gone sub 40 based on the rest of the game if he didn't get that score at the end. So, um, guys, that is Friday night, Dolphins versus the Broncos. Uh, and before we move into the Saturday and Sunday games, we've got five more games to cover, guys. But uh, before we move into those, uh, we will throw over quickly to our guys, our friends at Snap Fitness who sponsor the podcast. Are you looking to make good on that New Year's resolution? Finding it hard to get into the gym due to not having anyone to look after the kids? Head on in and see Mark, Emma and the team at Snap Fitness Bendigo and Epsom for all your fitness needs. Both Epsom and Bendigo locations offer free child mining, which gives you the chance to head on in, get a workout done without worrying about the kids. All staff have working with children's checks and are super helpful with whatever your children need. 
Snap Fitness also offers a wide variety of classes such as strength and reformer Pilates, Tabata, strength classes, as well as one-on-one PT sessions. So head on in and say good day to the guys at either gym and tell them the Molten Boys sent you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. I'll tell you what. I would love some child mining at my gym. Unfortunately, no, no such luck. And I understand it. It's pretty tough. I'm a personal trainer myself and I know how hard it is for gyms to be able to kind of fund that, that kind of service. But if you've got a crèche and you have a crèche available uh, to your gyms, definitely take advantage of that because that, that is massive. So full credit to Mark Emmer and the team over at Snap Fitness at Bendigo and Epsom. Make sure to hit them up and tell us that, uh, tell them that we sent you. Let's move into Saturday Cowboys versus the Titans. Now, um, this one, I guess, was a little bit kind of lackluster in, in a way. I mean, Cowboys beat the Titans 24-12, to 12, but I'm pretty disappointed with what I saw from the Cowboys. Um, we, we look at the Supercoach scores here, and we can actually see here the Titans have outscored the Cowboys, but they've managed to basically double their score when it comes to NRL. Big, big concerns for me. When it comes to the Cowboys, I mean, look, they've just got no attacking threat right now. Uh, Tom Dearden, I mean, they're, they're relying on their halves, essentially, but we're looking at Tom Dearden and Chad Townsend here to really lead the team around, and they're just not looking like the same team as they did last year. They dominated last year. They look incredibly good. The reality is now that they don't. So, I mean, although they won this game, it was an incredibly scrappy game. And uh, I think we probably need to take a lot out of this and we need to really reconsider whether we're going to be taking Titans players moving forward because uh, they're looking ordinary and I want to see a lot more from my Cowboys players if I'm going to bring one in. Um, As you can see on the screen, I only own Val Holmes. So he got 69. Um, I'll take it considering he, apart from that full length of the field intercept try, he did nothing else except all in base. And obviously his goal kicking points, I think he ended up with 16 points in goal kicking. Um, So yeah, some concerns there. And I wouldn't be opposed to upgrading him to a guy like Ruben Garrick in a red hot manly team, uh, as opposed to holding on to him. But we'll see how the next week goes. I'm not overly concerned just yet with Val Holmes, but I can tell you now that once that dream run ends at around round eight, I think it is for the Cowboys, I'll probably be looking to get away from Holmes as quick as possible and any other Cowboys player. The other booms in this game, Alofiana Khan Pereira, if you held on to him, you'd be stoked right now because he's going to make you some seriously good coin in the next few weeks. 117 he finished on. Now there is risk at the moment that with Philip Sammy leaving the Titans and Ken Mamalo coming over from the Tigers, does AKP keep his spot? 
that's the big question on everybody's minds right now. Does Ken Mamalo come into this team and kick AKP straight out of the team? I, I'd argue now, based on what we've seen, that I, I would say no. So um, I feel like he's probably saved himself with the last two weeks' worth of scores and, and the way that he's looked here. He definitely has found his feet on that left edge. Um, so I'm, I'm really hoping that the Titans hold on to him. Uh, David Fafita comes in clutch with a 96. He actually, this was probably the best game I've seen David Fafita play in the last two years. Um, so if you started with David Fafita, you're being very well rewarded right now. Uh, his, his work rates up. He's looking really good. He wants to take runs. He wants to get involved. And even though everybody was saying it's a, it's a contract year for David Fafita, definitely worth noting. Uh, no longer is a contract year. He re-signed with the Titans for the next three or four years. I think it was from memory. Um, but he's continued to show that uh, he is one of the premium second row options in this competition at the moment. So full credit to Fafita. And I do own him. I'm pretty happy with that. Tommy Deaton, 69, I mentioned earlier. Jeremiah Nanai got a 70. Uh, keeping in mind with Nanai, finishing on a 70, he's top scored for the Cowboys. And he also got sent to the bin. So this could have been a pretty close to 100 score from Jeremiah Nanai. So I'm sure owners would be a little bit disappointed. I've got him in draft at the moment for the upside. Um, so, yeah, shattered. I couldn't get a ton out of him. And then Tino Faso Maliawi has uh, got himself a 72 as well. And, again, Tino with that dual front row forward flexibility, um, he's also a very good close watch. The only downside, I guess, is that he's going to be playing Origin coming up in the next few weeks. So, unfortunately for Tino, uh, he I'm not sure whether he's a, a great option moving forward. I know it's only round four, but we do need to be aware of what we're going to get usage-wise out of our team moving into round probably 11 to round 20 through that origin period. So keep that in mind as well. Um, the busts in this game, AJ Brimson finished on 12. He uh, probably won't be seeing some time any soon, uh, anytime soon, unfortunately, with that injury. Murray Tuolungi also went down with a knee. Uh, it was a leg injury, a lower limb injury of some sort, so he finished on 22. Kieran Foran finished on 15, uh, and he's also gone down injured and didn't return. So there's three injuries there in this game that all went down pretty much within five minutes of each other. So some big concerns there for both the Cowboys and the Titans moving forward. It'll be interesting to see whether Murray Tuolungi uh, lines up next week. I'd say AJ Brimson and Kieran Foran probably both won't be in that Titans lineup next week. So, again, uh, I mean, the Titans have a bye next week, so it's probably positive that they get a bit of extra time there to recover. Jason Taumalolo. Now, normally I wouldn't put someone in the mid-40s in the busts, but Jason Taumalolo just keeps continuing to bust out between 40 to 55, and it's so disappointing for such a guy that's he's such an explosive athlete. He's such a good player. Uh, he finishes on a 46, so that's super disappointing. And Reese Robson owners would be very disappointed with the 40, all in base. Um, there was, really wasn't much excitement coming from this Cowboys lineup, and unfortunately, no one could really get going in this game. I mean, when you see James Tarmag at 60, that pretty much sums up how the game went um, for, for the Cowboys. But they get the chocolates, they get the W, and they move into next week. So some other, I guess, talking points from this one. Um, Tanner Boyd is probably the only other guy that I want to talk about here. Tanner Boyd finished with a 52. Now, I, I know a lot of people moved him on this week. Uh, and I know a lot of guys have been talking about getting him out. And, and I was one of them. I was a guy that was basically going to say, yep, see you later. Uh, Tanner Boyd, you're out of my team. And I was going to go straight up to Harry Grant from Tanner Boyd. I'm really glad I didn't do that now. Considering that Tanner Boyd, if he can get 40 to 50 every single week for me, I can just leave him 
at halfback for now until I go up to Nico Hines, which is probably going to happen in round seven. Uh, I don't think I'll bite next week based on today, but but still, um, I think Tanner Boyd will just hold that spot for me until round seven when I go up to Nico. So I need to make sure I have enough K, uh, enough cash, probably 500, 600K to be able to go up to him. So he's doing a job. If you've still got Tanner Boyd and you held on to him, I'd probably hold him another week because his break even is going to be probably in the 20s or 10s um, this week. So you can hold on to him if you have bigger problems in your lineup. Um, we might quickly answer some quick any questions. Quickly check the questions tab. So Raymond Crane um, scored eleven hundred and eighteen, which is great. Played Schuster, had the captain on Grant. So did I. Uh, his biggest issue now after this week is after Heinz' performance tonight. Do I need to move my plans forward to get him next week instead of waiting until after the buy? Look, honestly, Raymond, if you if you're watching, mate, I I would. Honestly, I would probably wait until after the buy. I know a lot of people are going to be jumping early to Nico Hines next week, but we need to remember that you're going to get essentially whatever he scores next week, you need to look at it as a two-week plan. So if he scores you 100 next week, it's essentially like he's scoring you 50 each week. And if you can get more than 50 each week from somebody you would bring in as opposed to Nico Hines, it's probably the play right now because he's not going to gain cash. You're not going to lose an opportunity to pick him up at a lower price or anything like that. He will gain cash in week seven, after week seven. So if you didn't get him this week, even if he gets 100, 110 next week against the Warriors, uh, if you can pick up a guy that's going to get you a 55-point difference in the guy that you've got underneath that you've replaced him with, I'd probably argue that I would wait on him. So it's very easy for you to kind of react to this one. But, uh, yeah, I'd, look, I'd probably hold. And the Warriors have looked good. They're 3-1 and one this year. They've, they've only lost one game all year. So I know this one's at Shark Park, so keep that in mind. But yeah, look, honestly, I'm going to wait in Hines now. I think I'm going to make two upgrades this week. We'll talk about trade plans at the end, but yeah, I, I think it's uh, it's worth holding. Um, Rob's uh, triggered me by asking, so Brooks is no good? He's asking for a friend. I'm sure his friend is me. Um, yeah, yeah, no, Luke Brooks is a bum. So uh, it's it's very unfortunate for Tigers fans to watch Luke Brooks continue to get named every week. Three errors, three very poor errors in in very important times for the Tigers. We only lost by 12, really. And unfortunately, Luke Brooks, probably if you look at it, if for anybody who follows NBA in the plus minus in the box score, I think Luke's, Luke Brooks would have had a minus 45 for the Tigers and everybody else around him was picking him up and keeping the team in it. So uh, I really hope he's not named next week. Thanks for the trigger, Rob. Um, and Rob asked also why Dolphins score is so low, but only lost by a little bit. So I guess it just depends on how the points are scored. So for anybody, I guess maybe this is a really good decision, a really good question from Rob. Uh, we've had a few games now where, especially with the Titans games as well, and, and also the Dolphins this week, when we look at the games like that, where the winning team scores less than the losing team when it comes to Supercoach, there's probably a reality that there was a lot of score errors that were scored on. So when in Supercoach, we're very reliant when it comes to attacking stats on line break assists. Um, and all those kinds of things. So if there's no line break assist and no try assist involved in the try, you play, you're just basically getting the 17 points from the player that scores the try, as opposed to the 12 for the li- the 12 for the try assist and the 10 for the line break assist, or the eight, sorry, for the line break assist, the, the 10 for the line break. So you're basically losing about 30 points right there by the error that's scored on. So worth keeping in mind there. It's not all about the winning team that, that scores the most points. Um, 
Yeah, Mick. Uh, Mick's mentioned that the umpires or the referees uh, perform well this week. Uh, Mick, so Mick Delaney and, and Rob, who have both commented here, uh, obviously run our AFL Supercoach podcast. Thanks to the boys for hopping on here. Um, yeah, so they call them umpires over in AFL then, but referees over here in L- NRL. And they were stinking. They were terrible. They were awful. Um, the bunker is just the biggest disgrace in decision review land in uh, the globe in in sporting history, I think. Uh, you, you've got all of the vision. You've got all of the replays, and you still can't get the right decision. So very, very disappointing for NRL fans to watch the referees continue to get it wrong. But again, uh, the good thing is I can't get fined by the match review committee for making these comments because I run an independent podcast. So too bad, NRL. Refereeing was awful. And uh, Matty O'Brien over in South Africa says, how good's Khan Pereira? Yeah, he is. He's a gun. 100 and whatever it was, 117. Uh, he will continue to stay in teams as long as he's in this team. Hopefully he can start to get on a bit of a run and show us what he did in that second trial. Let's move on to the next game. So uh, this one, obviously, South versus Manly. Cracker game, this one. 13-12, Rabbitohs. Uh, Lockie Ilias slots the field goal to win against the Sea Eagles. I back Manly in this one, unfortunately, so bad luck for me. Um, but Cody Walker, 79. Uh, so he scored two tries in 79. A little bit lackluster, really, for Cody Walker. But, I mean, for owners, you'd be stoked. Bit of a pot option this year. Amali Olakowatu, 71. Um, if you went if you went with Amali Olakowatu, you'd be, you'd be pretty stoked with a 71. I think he's got uh, – and he continues to score off kicks as well, mind you. The guy's – basically a full forward in the AFL um, with some of the catches that he's taking in the in goals and putting the ball down in the in goal. So full credit to him. He's doing well. Ruben Garrick, for everybody who went early, got a 71. He did really well. Keon Kalomatangi, 70. Uh, I picked him for 100 this week, unfortunately, in my hot takes, so no luck there. Um, but Keon continues to deliver 70-plus scores every single week, so he's a serious option if you want to go for a pod in the second row. And uh, Damian Cook, 69. So if you one of those people that uh, went with Damian Cook as opposed to Harry Grant, you win this week by about 45 points. Uh, sorry, 25 points. So uh, congratulations on that one. Our busts. Um, unfortunately, Isaac Thompson, anybody who started with Isaac Thompson, you'd be pretty disappointed because he's done basically nothing for the last few weeks and he's finished with a 15 in this game. Joshy Schuster, 26 uh, yeah, I mean, look, there's a bit of a concern around Josh Schuster now because we've, and also I think it was a little bit kind of masked by the fact that he got 59 in his first game, uh, but he's got nine in base stats in that round one. So there are the obvious signs there that this could happen. Finishing with 26 with their minimal attacking stats for Manly Sea Eagles. So Josh Schuster is definitely a watch. I'm probably going to still pick him up next week regardless. Um, Davey Moali gets a 24, so he might actually begin to start bleeding cash this week. Unfortunately, uh, I'm probably going to hold him because I've got bigger priorities this week in terms of cash gen and in terms of upgrades. Um, but you'd be pretty disappointed now that Moali just isn't getting the minutes that you would want from him. Uh, Latrell Mitchell, 34, and Tommy Turbo, 48, are the last two busts in this lineup. So unfortunately, the guys, if you, I mean, for Tommy Turbo, he's still going to make some really good coin this week, but I, I know a lot of people captain Tommy Turbo this week, so very disappointing for Turbo. Finishes with a 48 uh, for captains. So I, I tell you what, this was the matchup I was dreading. 
I was very, very concerned about captaining Grant and seeing that he got, I think it was 37 before upgrades. He finished on 44. And, and then obviously Tommy Turbo coming out, I thought he was going to put on 100 plus. Uh, he finished with 48. So I'm not too upset about that, even though I own him. And Latrell Mitchell, I'm glad that I haven't owned him because honestly, he looked really ordinary the other night. Um, I think it's one, I think I saw a stat from the Supercoach Spy on Twitter saying that this was one of the first games that Latrell Mitchell hasn't had a tackle break in a very, very, very long time. So take as that take that what you will. Um, I'm I'm a little bit concerned about Latrell's output at the moment, but I can tell you right now that we know the pedigree of Latrell. So if we get to a point where Latrell drops under 700k, and uh, you've got a guy like Reese Walsh who gets into the 700ks, and you can make some money by going Reese Walsh to Latrell Mitchell. I'd probably be doing it knowing that Reese Walsh is probably going to play Origin this year as well. So keep that in mind. Um, some other talking points, I guess, from here. Michael Cheekham continues to get some bulk minutes on the edge. Um, so he initially was named at prop, but then got shifted to the edge. Uh, so, I mean, I don't know whether he's an option. I'm not really certain on him. I know that there's a lot of injuries at Souths at the moment through the middle. So uh, they're, they're pretty fine with edge forwards. Um, so I, I'm not overly looking at Michael Cheekham right now, but I can tell you that with the dual two RF center wing, th- there's many worse options than plug and play Michael Cheekham in your center wing for a little bit to make you a little bit of cash. So, um, not overly against that one. Turbo and Latrell, like I said, they go missing. Uh, very disappointing if you're an owner. Schuster coming into a price rise, a little bit of concern there, like we mentioned, but that's okay. Um, but otherwise, guys, not really many kind of mid-range takes from this game. Um, Lucky Elias gets a 51. I'd probably say the last thing I want to mention for this game specifically would be Cam Murray. Now, Cameron Murray, you paid the big price tag for Cam Murray. It's I think it was 840K if you picked up Cam Murray to start the season. And unfortunately, he's I think he's had three of his four scores under 70, uh, which means that he's going to bleed a lot of cash this week as well. And looking at Cam Murray's role in this in this Rabbitohs lineup with the lack of middles, there's a big concern there that he's just playing as a link man, playing as a little bit of a second half back through the middle. So he's basically just running to the line and passing to try and create overlaps and sweeping plays out the edges. So um, if you own Cam Murray, I would probably sell this week uh, knowing the fact that I don't know whether this is going to improve. I think he's going to continue to play that link man role. Um, I think the coaching staff at the Souths probably want him to play that role. So that means his super coach output is going to be down. So I would be probably bailing on Cameron Murray sooner rather than later. Um, some more questions coming in. Mr. Happy, is Grant, Murray, and Cleary a sell? Um, I would say that Murray is, Grant and Cleary are not. Um, so I'll pop the question on the screen. Sorry, guys. Uh, yeah, so... Harry Grant has had one bad game in four. I wouldn't be panicking on Harry Grant knowing that you've probably still got five to six really good weeks before origin. Um, I don't think he's a sell. I, I think we got him because, and we paid the price, 820, 830K, because we knew that we were going to get scoring output from him. So I'm going to hold Grant. I only got him in last week, mind you. But for anybody who started with him, you you basically just got to ride the wave. He's going to come good. So not overly concerned with Grant. Cam Murray, I am, like I just mentioned. So I, I'd sell Murray this week out of the three. Nathan Cleary still ended up with nearly 80, and it felt like he really didn't do much. So uh, once Penrith come good and they start to click, uh, Cleary's going to start scoring hundreds, and uh, you're going to really regret moving him on. So I would say sell Murray and keep Grant and Cleary. Uh, Raymond Crane has asked, who are some good options as a downgrade for Luke Garner? 
look, I mean, it's not really a downgrade, but if you've got a little bit of extra cash, I'd honestly think that going Garner up to Elias Katoa could probably be a play. I know you're probably going to have to fork out an extra 150K for this one, but Elias Katoa is showing us that he could probably end up being a 700, 750K 2RF this year. So I my argument would be I'd rather spend the extra money to upgrade Garner to a keeper 2RF uh, that, or, I mean, you could, you can pretty much hold, I probably wouldn't hold Garner, but you could argue that you could hold him until maybe Cam Murray bottoms out in price too. But I understand the reason as to why you'd want to move Garner on based on what we're seeing in the 20 odd minutes that he got for Penrith the other night. So, um, yeah, I'd, I'd probably rather upgrade him, but also what about, uh, Jackson Ford is probably the only other one. So yeah, you've already, if you've already got Elias Katoa, I'd probably be going down to Jackson Ford based on what we saw this week. Jackson Ford sitting at about 280K. He's got that eight in his rolling average. So, I mean, it's going to stay in his rolling average for another week. But I think Jackson Ford probably could be the play there if you're looking to make about 100 grand from Ghana down to Ford to use that elsewhere. So that, that's probably the way that I'd be playing that one out. I know Bryce Cartwright's probably going to end up being the same price as Ghana this week. So that's probably not a play there. A bit sideways. Uh, and we don't know when Sean Lane's coming back. So I'd probably play it like that. Um, Raymond Crane also asked, traded out Thompson. Oh, he didn't ask. He told us. Traded out Thompson for Garrick. Yeah, that's a massive win, considering Thompson got 15 uh, and Garrick ended up with 60 or 70. Uh, yeah, mate, I'd go forward for sure. Absolutely. Um, all right, guys, let's move on to the next game. So uh, we got the Warriors and the Bulldogs. It was the first game today. So we have obviously haven't got updated scores in this one. 16-14, um, the Warriors. Now, I backed the Warriors in this one. I took them 1-12. to 12. It kind of makes sense. I mean, they're pretty good at home, but they're pretty ordinary away from home. So I feel pretty good about that one. But, yeah, the Warriors, uh, Viliami Valia, 95. I don't know whether how many people had him. That's probably not super coach relevant. But Sean Johnson, 84. Um, I tell you what, though. Goodness me. That was one of the biggest obstructions I've ever seen at the end of that game with Reed Marnie. Uh had no opportunity to make that tackle there when SJ was running through the line. Adam Falunwa-Blake just basically stopped in the defense. Um, so, yeah, I'd be spewing. If I was a Bulldogs fan, I would be absolutely ropeable after this game because they got dudded, absolutely dudded. But SJ gets the try. He gets the 84. Jacob Carraz gets a 78 with a try and basically all base after that. Um, so if you went Jacob Carraz last week or the week before, you'd be very, very happy with that one because the guy just continues to deliver, doesn't he? He's got a minus break even. So he's just going to continue to go. He's going to continue to make your cash. Um, he'll be up in the 700s next week, I think, based on calcs. So um, happy days if you're a Carraz owner. If you're not, you might have missed the boat by now, to be honest. Uh, Marcelo Montoya, 65 for the Warriors and Adam Fanil Blake, 60. So... Um, the guys I'd probably look at from this game, if you don't have Karaz, I'd probably be looking elsewhere now. You probably missed that one. Um, unfortunately, Valia, I don't know whether he's a good option at the moment. He's looking pretty good. Don't get me wrong. Him and Marcelo Montoya are doing a great job on that left edge. But it's it's one of those things where Valia is going to have to actually get some – he's going to have to score some tries to actually continue to keep this output. So um, I'd probably look at other options in the center wing. There's too many other good center wing options at the moment to look at Valia. Uh, the busts in this game, unfortunately for Viliami Kikau, um, he is the he's not the premium Viliami in this game. Viliami Valia takes that one. So Kikau only finished with a 33, unfortunately. Uh, he'd be disappointed with that. So with the Bulldogs fans and for anybody in Supercoach that took him. Tohu Harris, uh, I'm shattered about Tohu Harris. 
bit of a knee injury. It looks like an MCL. So I'd say probably anywhere between two to four weeks for Tohu Harris or Tohu, sorry. Um, 36 for him. So he's going to start to drop some cash now, unfortunately, but hopefully he comes back nice and quick for us. And Matty Burton, 45. I'd normally not put a mid 45s in a bust, but again, you're paying more for Matt Burton than the 45 you're getting in return. So I'd call that a bust. I'd be disappointed with the 45 personally, especially when Dewey got 50 odd this week. So uh, yeah, Matty Burton in the bust category this week. Um, some other talking points for Newell Blake. I mean, he's bashing out 60s this week and every single week for us. He's actually getting some decent minutes. I think he's getting 50 odd minutes a game. Uh, is he an option with Tohu Harris out? Tohu Harris, is is he an option? Is he somebody you can get into your front row in a weak front row position where you're either going premium or you're going a guy like Christian Welch or a mid-ranger? So I think Fanua Blake sits at around that 500, 520 mark. Um, probably a little bit expensive for me. Um, the other, I, I guess, talking point is anybody who got Reed Marnie last week or the week before, um, are you frustrated? Are you considering selling with that 51? Um, I'm frustrated. I picked him up thinking that we were going to get 60 plus and we've had two games where he's got 44 and 51. So a little bit disappointing with Reed Marnie, but again, I think you probably just need to hold on there and, and just ride the wave. But considering that I guess Reese Robson's the other guy at that price point, and he's probably scoring a little bit less than Reed Marnie. So you're probably just worth holding Reed Marnie moving forward until you get some better options. Uh, Jackson Ford finished with a 55. He played 80 minutes. He, he's continuing to look good. He's passing the eye test. So plenty of positives for Jackson Ford. Almost, honestly, almost a must-have. He is a guy that I'll be looking to get in the next two weeks. I just, I want to have two upgrades next week. That's my priority. I want to get two upgrades. I've got enough cash in the bank. And uh, I'd say he's going to have to wait a week. And I want to see a little bit more from him with the full rotation at the Warriors. Um, again, with Torhu Harris out, that's going to make it tricky. But yeah, Jackson Ford, you should be looking at getting him in in the next fortnight for sure. Um, near Corey 47, he's probably on my hit list to go out this week. Uh, unfortunate, it's, it's, it's unfortunate because I was pretty high on near Corey through the preseason. I thought that he'd actually have a, have a pretty good crack this year, but unfortunately it just hasn't worked out. So, um, but that's all right. Let's move on. Second last game of the day, the Knights versus the Raiders. And this was a big upset. Now the milk was spoiled this week. Knights 24, Raiders 14. The booms for this game, Greg Marju, 117. I had Greg Marju in my team all the way through to round one when he wasn't named, and then I had to shuffle him out for Nofaluma. Wasn't that a shit show? So Greg Marju shows us why we should have him. He actually had 11 tackle breaks in this game, and this is pre-updates as well, guys, just so you're aware. 117, Dane Gagai got 100. Lockie Miller, 87, has taken over the goal kicking at Newcastle. I'm not really sure what that's about, considering Jackson Hastings was on the field the whole time that Lockie Miller was kicking. So uh, that'll be interesting whether to see whether Jackson Hastings is carrying a niggle or an injury or whether Lockie Miller is now just the preferred goal kicker. If he is, he is also a must-have. He's a guy you probably want in your team. It's just a shame that he's sitting around that 600 to 700 price tag now. Uh, probably a little bit expensive for what you want uh, around that area, but he could be a really prime upgrade target moving forward if he holds on to that goal kicking in the next fortnight. Hudson Young got himself an 82 with a try. Uh, it's what you're going to get from Hudson Young, really. You're going to get a 40 or you're going to get an 80. There's really not much in between. And Tyson Frizzell gets himself a 78 on his return. 
So uh, those are the booms, the busts in this game for the Knights Raiders. Harley Smith Shields. I mean, if you've still got him, you've got to bail on him now. He's got 22. He hasn't really done anything or get any attacking points. He's made a few really bad errors. I'd be very surprised if he holds on to his spot in this team. Corey Horsburgh, 35. There was so much hype around Horsburgh, hoping that he was going to get the lock roll moving forward at, at, uh, at the Raiders. But as we know, Ricky Roulette. Uh, continues to just bury us in the NRL Supercoach. And speaking of Ricky Roulette, Tommy Starling gets himself 36, which is a massive kick in the guts. Um, I mean, from an NRL Supercoach perspective, we'd love Tom Starling to play 80 minutes. How good would that be? If Tom Starling played 80 minutes, I'd be absolutely creaming. Um, but he's just not. He's got a job share role with Zach Wolford. They're both not really doing much. They're just passing off the deck. Uh, so very disappointing for anybody who just took a pun on Tom Starling. Didn't really work out this week. And uh, Josh Papali on his return got 39. So the the points, I guess the supercoach points for the Raiders were actually pretty piss poor, like 220 points less than the Knights. Uh, there just really wasn't much attacking output. Joseph Tarpany, if you had him, he got 66. So you got what you paid for there. And Hudson Young, but anybody else under 60. So that's that's pretty piss poor, really, from a supercoach perspective. So not really much else to look at here. And then lastly, moving on to the last game, We've got the Dragons versus the Sharks. Oh, and I need to have a drink before this game. Because I don't have Nick, I don't have Nico Hines. Uh 10,708 people went with Nico Hines. And 10,708 people are probably not working tomorrow because they're absolutely having a party. And I would be too. Because Nico showed us exactly why you need to get him in. Now, unfortunately, if you didn't go with Nico, if you didn't just jump on the Nico train at 902K, uh, we're basically kicking ourselves right now with Nico scoring the highest score of the round with 149, and he showed us exactly why we should have got him in. So uh, the captain is of Nico Hines, and I know a, a friend of the show, Ryan Hammond, has scored 1,329 this week with Nico as captain. So that's going to be pretty hard to beat. Uh, just for everybody that's aware, our Squeezer of the Week award goes to the highest scorer in our unlimited group. So uh, I reckon Hamo's got us covered, 1329. That's a monstrous score. He could actually be in the top 100 this week, uh, depending on who else, uh, whoever else is really active in Captain Nico this week. So Nico, 149. Britton Nicara, 96. Jesse Ramian, 94. Ronaldo Mulatalo, 85. And Jaden Sewer, 70. Were probably the only notable other Supercoach scores in this game. Benny Hunt scored a try and got 55. Pretty much the Lamborghini and the shit show. He's got the nicest house on the worst street, doesn't he, old Benny Hunt? Over at the Dragons, unfortunately. So um, the poor guy's going to be asking for a release very soon if this keeps up. Um, the busts in this game, and it... Honestly, this is the perfect example of why you don't go early on a guy or you don't chase a ton of cash on a guy that you don't know the pedigree is there. Tyrell Sloan finished with 14, and he looked fucking atrocious. I apologize for anybody, all the under-18s under, under 18s listening. Um, he was bad. He was very bad. Ty, Tyrell Sloan, 14 points, 14 super coach points. So if you chase that minus 40-odd break even, you'd be absolutely shattered right now, knowing that you're probably only going to make about 30, 40 grand max, and his break even in the next fortnight is going to be probably through the roof again, and you're going to lose any cash that you actually had from him, or you're going to burn a trade moving up to someone else. So as <laughs> I put on the sheet here, Zach Lomack. Um, Zach Lomack, 16. He uh, obviously... 
Uh, we know Zach Lomax is probably one of the better players in this Dragon squad, but he was piss poor, wasn't he? And they didn't have many opportunities for goal kicks or anything like that. So uh, Zach Lomax, big failure there. Ben Murdoch, Masilla, probably one of the more popular front row forward downgrade options or cheapy options with a 21 showing owners why you should never get a 31-year-old has been uh, in the second row. So BMM, big fail there. And I think the whole Dragons team, or 14 of them, went under 40. I don't know whether I've... I don't remember the last time I've seen 14 out of the 17 players go sub 40 in Supercoach. That is outrageous from the Dragons. So basically the Dragons were a full bin. They were they were no good at all. Absolute shit show. Um, some other talking points here. We've uh, got Teague Wilton. I think Teague Wilton's absolutely overperformed. He's He's... I mean, you picked him up for 480K, and if you did, you'd be stoked. I've got Teague Wilton. He was the only guy I had in this team. He finished with a 69 and probably will upgrade to probably mid-70s, close to 80 overnight. He was quality. If you took the punt on Ronaldo Mulatalo after his couple of really short games, you'd be pretty stoked with him too. So um, some good things to take from that game as a Sharks fan. Nicara continues to score tries as well, and I think with Nico back, this is only going to improve. So honestly, if you're looking for a pod second rower, I'd probably look at Keon Kalamatangi or I'd look at Britton Nikora because these two guys continue to score every week. They continue to do they, they continue to improve every week and they're on really good sides and they run incredible lines and incredible holes. So and and they're outside some good halfbacks. So I'd be I'd be looking at Britton Nikora if you don't have T Wilton uh, as a serious option moving forward. Guys, that wraps up games. Happy days. So what we'll do very quickly is Eric Grant, 13.49 with Fafida as captain. That is monstrous, mate. That could probably give you the lead this week. You got 20 on Hamo. So uh, full credit to you, man. That is that is awesome. That is awesome. Um, guys, my early trade thoughts before we wrap this video up. Um, I'm Look, honestly, I, I was pretty set on what I was going to do this week until Nico went and pulled my pants down. So... Uh, I'm pretty set on going near Corey down to Schuster. I know that Schuster's 20-odd is a little bit of a concern this week, but I, I, I'm still pretty confident in the fact that Manly are a good side. That left edge looks pretty dominant. Uh, they're going down the left more than they are going down the right. So I'm pretty confident going near Corey down to Schuster. That will give me 500K in the bank, or roughly on average. Um, the question is then, do I need to go and get Nico Hines this week? My argument is I'm going to stick. I'm going to st- be stubborn. I'm not going to admit I was wrong. I mean, I was wrong this week. Don't get me wrong. Uh, 149. I really wish I went this week. I would have been stoked. But now that I've missed this week with the Sharks having the buy in a round, uh, we've got one more round against the New Zealand Warriors for Nico. So I'm just going to not even watch that game. I'm going to just close my eyes, turn the TV off, and just hope that he gets less than 100. And uh, I'll be okay with that. And I'll look for two upgrade options. And then what I'll do is I'll try and find the downgrade option through the buy um, or through the buy period for the Sharks to try and find that cash. I've got a few really good options and I've got some really good cash cows. I'm really happy with how my team's coming together. So uh, I'm not overly panicking just yet. I think I'll be able to find that cash for Nico uh, and go Boyd up to Nico when the time comes in round seven. Um I'd say when it, with that 500K in the bank, I'll leave some of it. But at the moment, I'm looking at Dewey to Dill Brown either this week or next week. So that's going to cost me about 200K based on looking at what Dewey will lose and Dill Brown will make or gain. Um, so that's probably my first priority. Again, Dill, Dewey scoring 50-odd, 55, I think it was, on one leg 
it really isn't panic stations either, is it? The Tigers have been friggin' dreadful. Um, and the fact he's still scoring 55 in a really bad team is is pretty uh, pretty positive for Dewey owners. So um, I'd say he probably won't train again today and he'll just kind of get the workload off the foot and let that recover. So hopefully that turf toe dies down and he gets back into the quality performer that we know that he is. Um, the one that I'm seriously considering is Hamiso Tabuifado up to re, uh, Ruben Garrick, which is going to cost me about 300k. I'm not. I'm really. I'm. I'm a little bit unsure on whether I pull the trigger on either of these trades right now. I know I'm going near Corey to Schuster, but I'm not sure whether I go Dewey to Dill Brown, Hamiso up to Garrick, or I could upgrade Cotter up to a Tarpany or a Haas. So. I've got a few decisions to make this week. So make sure to keep an eye on my Twitter, brain underscore FS on Twitter. You can also find us at Molten Fantasy Sports on Facebook, Instagram, at Molten FS on Twitter as well. So we'll keep you up to date on all of our trades moving forward there. Um, obviously, we've got Team List or Tin List Tuesday, I should call it, our Team List uh, episode on the Tuesday, uh, Tuesday afternoon. So keep an eye out on that. Um, we haven't really got any other questions coming through, guys. So um before we wrap up just a reminder guys to make sure to subscribe make sure to like follow comment all the good stuff if you're watching this on delay let us know how you went this round uh let us know how you're feeling about your trades for the week any questions or any comments you want to make and we'll definitely get back to you in the text over the next few days um Guys, other than that, uh, I'm going to keep you updated through the week. Follow us on Twitter. Keep keep up to date on all of our socials. And uh, our next episode will come on Tuesday. I know the AFL boys are going to be going live on Monday tomorrow as well to review round two. So don't uh, miss that one with the boys. I've got some quality content coming up for round two of AFL Supercoach. So stay tuned, guys. We're going to continue to grow the channel. We really appreciate your support. If you subscribe, comment, liked, or watched, uh, we really appreciate you jumping on board Molten Fantasy Sports Podcast. That'll do it for me tonight, guys. All the best. Hope you did well this round, and we'll see you on Tuesday night to chat about teams. We'll catch you later. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 